There it is. Live from the Glass Lewis ISS torture chamber. It's <laughs> an ugly place to be. It's 2023's fourth Woke Data Wednesday featuring Matt Biscardi, Lord of Board Saber Metrics, and me, Duke of Earl Grey Tea. In today's Wednesday scented bag called January 25th, ooh, ESG conspiracies. And what ooh. are you doing, Matt? What are you doing? Uh, I am looking at Strive's excellence votes. ESG conspiracies, I guess that's kind of both. That's also an ESG conspiracy, maybe. Yeah, the meritocracy is a conspiracy, I think. Anti-ESG voting. Matt, our show today is being sponsored by S-Gage, your ESG data solutions provider. I know what? I wonder if the audience is clapping because we have a sponsor or... Because it's S-Gage. Later in the show, Paul Hodgson of S-Gage will sh- come to the studios and say something. Oh, he's, he's coming again? He's going to be yes, in? Yes, he'll be in, in here. So for, for those of you... do the thing he did last time where he like walks in, says the thing, walks out. For those of you who are here only for Paul Hodgson, just stick around. Just wait. Yeah, you got to wait for... Don't fast forward. Yeah. Wait. That's correct. <laughs> here we go. Ready? Uh, I was born ready, so let's... Uh, You're not going to like my segment. Let's do this thing. That might be the appropriate music. <laughs> I mean, it is a ridiculous day. In honor of the doomsday clock moving forward once again, we, Matt, we are now at 90 seconds to midnight. I mean... Whatever. Where, where, where haven't we been that? In honor of my depression, I decided to take the bait, and I, I just dove into anti-ESG conspiracies. I just want to... I, I, I haven't been really been to Twitter for months... I signed on yesterday on through our like our company. Wait, yeah, we have has one. a Twitter account because I deleted my personal account because I don't like it. Um, so it was not a great experience. Well, ever since uh, Emma Lurking left the show, uh, yeah, no one has signed into any of our social media accounts <laughs> <laughs> for good reason. I know. Uh, here we go. Uh, oh, you're talking about Vivek later. You're talking about Vivek Ramaswamy's company, Strive Assets. So this is just a coincidence, honestly. But he is the, he's our big fun anti-ESG guy. So we're probably the only like ESG research and data provider that talks about this. So let's talk about it. We're also probably the only one who has a show that he's come on. He's been on our show. Not only has he come on it, but I de- Vivek, I know you're listening, or at least your people are listening. I, I defy you after hearing Matt's segment later to, to not become a client of ours. How could you not use our data if, you, if you're if you trying to... No, stop it. No, I'm actually serious. All right, come on. Here we go. This is from Twitter. Vivek started the conversation... I've, he said, I've traveled the country to meet with state pension funds, treasurers, and corporations. It is staggering how much influence BlackRock and ISS have wielded over these institutions. They capture the system in red and blue states alike. Time to bring new alternatives to the table. Matt, are, are, we're we, an alternative. are we, is he talking about us? He's talking about us. We are a data-driven alternative to them. Uh, one user replies, ISS and Glass Lewis are the worst. Is that you think yeah, the well, worst? Ouch. That, I mean, that's really, out of everything that we cover that, that's covered in our they world, are the wor- 
<laughs> They're the worst. Yeah, no. And then he says, he says, what even are they? <laughs> Again, this is the this is the anti-ESG world. So for all you ESG professionals and analysts listening, I mean, I know you don't want to have this conversation, but maybe you secretly do. You at least got to know what's going on. You right? seriously need to know that they don't know what you are, but they hate you anyway. He says they owe duties to no one, but they but tell their clients who are in institutional investors too lazy to figure out how to vote themselves, how to vote the shares those investors hold as fiduciaries for their clients. None, Matt, none of that is really accurate, but do you really yeah. want to, do you want to get into it? I mean, it's a little accurate. No, they're not telling anyone how to vote. Correct. Well, they give advice, but they don't actually direct the vote. Here's it, what, ha yeah. I mean, if we're honest about what happened. Okay, okay, but still, I'm just saying, like, there, there is not a, there's not a cartel. Not, there, there might be a monopoly, but that's where we can step in and help that. But that's not the same as no, no one is being forced to, to, to use a recommended vote by ISS or Colossal. That's that's craziness. <laughs> no, the reason why they use them though is because there's two reasons, right? One. If you own 8,900 companies, of course, and there's an average of nine directors on every company board, and you not have to a mention votes, shareholder proposals, and then I'm not even counting them, yeah. and then you have votes that say 60% of them, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, some of the votes you don't ha have real votes or it doesn't really matter. Let's say 60 or 70% of them, you are conservatively talking about like 50,000 people and or proposals every year yeah, i get it matt if if all these people are so worried about a woke left-wing conspiracy run by you know larry fink type of jewish men then how about this just do the opposite of their recommendations and and we can, <laughs> you can close your book and you can have another uh hot toddy or whatever it is you do that's it how about that simple do you know if they did that do the opposite they would vote against 98 percent that's the funny part that's the funny part i mean they would vote against everybody yeah what this show is not going to talk about i'm sure we'll talk about it in a future show is that uh the effect of the votes from iss and glass the effect of the recommendation has not exactly uh turned the corporate world on its head no no all right no it's exactly the same as it's always been uh moving part. on uh elon musk steps in and this is why uh oh. this this is why the story is going around the news. Elon Musk replies you need to five companies to run. You're replying to this. <laughs> he applies to Vivek and some guy named Tom. He says, this is what Elon says. Far too much power is concentrated in the hands of shareholder services. He puts in quotes, companies like ISS and Glass Lewis, because so much of the market is passive index funds, which outsource shareholder voting decisions to them. He says, ISS and Glass-Lewis effectively control the stock market. See, this is where the wow. conspiracy theory, wow. this is how all great conspiracy jump. theories leap, right? By using the word control and just making up facts, right? This is where it gets going. I love that idea. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't realize that the nerds at Glass Lewis were controlling the entire stock controlling market. Controlling the stock market. Controlling them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now, here's where Vivek jumps back in, and, and I'm a little disappointed here because I thought that Vivek was really, I, I thought that our conversation was a natural one, but I guess he just is, he's ready with talking points constantly. He's triggered 
always in the same direction. His first reaction, Matt, to Elon's reply is this. Elon, what are you going to do when they propose a racial equity audit at Tesla? Oh, he is absolutely fixated on the race. He's like Bates race wars. I don't get this. He didn't even mention gender or race anywhere in the thing. Like it didn't even come up. He says the ESG cartel uh, was gonna is gonna force it on oh. you essentially. Yeah. So oh, this yeah. is so again. So cartel. so they're ramping up the the language. This is like the the language of conspiracy nuts. No, Vivek, you talk to us. Do we seem like a cartel to you? Like do I we? Mean, <laughs> I do, or maybe <laughs> what Matt does. One of, of us. Cartel are we? I mean, am I am I a drug mule? What am I? What are we, what are we talking about here? So he says he goes on another another tweet. ESG is a cartel. That's why I started Strive to break it up. And Matt, you're going to cover some of the the stuff with Strive later. Mm-hmm. He says it's early days, but the signs are good. Uh, okay, here we go. Here's where Vivek Vivek has learned. Oh, stop it, Vivek is clearly a fan of our show because he has learned from our great Cucker Charlson. Who are, we haven't heard from in a while. He he hasn't been calling in, but I do have some. Maybe next I week. I do have some notes from him. Uh, and he says, Vivek says this. Uh, this is exactly from the playbook of a Cucker Charlson. He says, here's an interesting question for a real journalist to ask. How much, how much money is BlackRock alone spending each month right now in just the red states? The answer will probably shock most Americans and reveal how badly rigged the pension fund game is. Wait, what does that mean? What is that? <laughs> I don't know. It, he drops it. About? There are there are people who reply saying things like, "Are you gonna tell us the answer?" And of course, he just drops this. He's, you're just dropping these, you know, these questions about things being rigged in red states and black rock it's and so see, vague. see how the game it's works like, it's so it's, bizarre it's almost like he's ta- when he talks about excellence capitalism he hasn't defined what excellence is it's almost as if yeah. it's very confusing and here's one of the replies someone says you're right but big firms like blackrock are not outsourcing their proxy voting which in many ways is even worse so wait a minute oh so, now, so the opposite is what do we do so <laughs> what do we do <laughs> and then he says a consolidation of corporate policy and thereby social policy uh under people like larry fink mm-hmm. so he's so we're already Larry's back fault. into this like game of like Larry Fink somehow is the new Bill Gatesian devil. He even has a link, Matt, uh, that goes to uh, a BlackRock page. It really has nothing to do with Larry Fink. So I, I, I don't get. I don't really get the obsession here. Um, so Wait, yeah, do did they settle in these threads that ISS and Glass Lewis are controlling the market, mm-hmm. and the world outsources their votes to them? But the world also doesn't outsource their votes to them, and that's worse. Yeah, it might, might be settle? worse. No, that, that, never settled. They... Never settled. So we don't know how much BlackRock's spending on quote red states. We don't, we don't know what yeah, that is, we or don't know what, that what means, they're doing. So I don't know why we'll be shocked. <laughs> we don't know whether or not they are or are not outsourcing their votes, and which one would be worse if they were doing one of them. All, all I do know is this, is that every once in a while, I read through all these threads and replies, every once in a while, someone posts a picture of Larry Fink. <laughs> uh, Ooh, I don't really know why. Calm down. Okay, audience. so someone, one user asks, uh, like so many other areas, we need, 
we need bring back decision making to the individual, right? And then someone responds, it's not that easy because if you buy, this is to your point, if you buy $1,000 of a fund that has 500 different stocks, blah, 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 you get the point, right? Yeah. Matt, nobody liked that that reply. Nobody hearted that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the guy is right. Like it's just, it's just how, how do you, I mean, other than asking us, because I will help you. Like, I love a good conspiracy theory. Yeah. But I would love more any solutions here. And Strive puts itself out as a solution, right? So so maybe that's it. Maybe we just all need to invest with Strive and Vivek. All right, we're going to get to that in a second, but I want to throw some more pain at you. Here we go. Uh, Here's a few random other quotes that are are all part of this conversation with Vivek and Elon uh, Musk about ESG continuing to be the devil and the cartel. Uh, now they're upset at ISS and Glass Lewis. Someone says to make matters worse, ISS is owned by the Germans. So social, so socialist Germany controls the votes of most U.S. shareholders and therefore the boardrooms of U.S. Oh, companies. I was going to go with the Nazi angle. They didn't go with Nazis. They went with socialist. socialist. Well, they were the the Nazis were they socialist the National Socialist Party. Party. Yeah. I know, but but like I think they're talking about socialist Germans, like as in like they provide universal health care kind of thing, right? How about this comment, Matt? This is where it gets a little weird when you think about Elon Musk's pay. Here's this uh, statement. They're almost a perfect correlation between the rise of CEO pay and the rise in popularity of institutional (laughs) investor proxy voting. (laughs) What? They didn't realize (laughs) the irony Uh there? Yeah. Nobody gets it? Yeah. Maybe that was a joke. That seems like a joke post. And then it just gets, it's just, and then we just get into creepy world. If ISS and Glass Lewis aren't eager about protecting the interests of those they're supposed to represent, then they're, they've, they're. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Who do they represent? They're not elected officials. Well, it says that it could be their interests or some external influences working in the dark with them against the interests what? of their clients. Wait, 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 <laughs> the why dark. is it always the dark? Why would you want to be? But if you, but if you were Glass Lewis or ISS, why would you want to be in the dark? I don't Here's know. Here's the funny thing. Yeah. We actually, well, you know, but we actually have connections to the people who started ISS. Mm-hmm. Like the founders of ISS and modern corporate the, governance. The founder of ISS was actually the founder of the first company I ever worked at in the corporate governance field. So, yeah, we know those people. Mm-hmm. At no point did they a work in the dark. They no, always no. had a light on. No, right? Yeah, they love lights. They they really liked electricity. Yeah. And B, the founding of ISS was not about like a cartel to control the stock market. No, which is just really smart business. It was just a guy who realized that there's a lot of data and information and cronyism that's happening on boards that investors should know about. That was kind of it, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then before I hand it off, the conversation devolves, of course, into how it's a crime and they're crooks. What was Uh, the crime? Who's the criminal? Glass Lewis and ISS. What's the crime? What did did they commit? Uh, Perjury? Did it say? Oh, no. doesn't say. <laughs> doesn't say. <laughs> oh, here's the outlier comment. And, and and there were hundreds, hundreds. Here's the outlier comment. I'd say that at Tesla, far too much power is in the hands of their of the Twitter CEO. And the <laughs> and the board needs to crack the whip and rein him in. There you go. Wow. 
And that then, was a representative from ISS or Glass-Lewis. Uh, a few more. The bigger question, who controls ISS and Glass-Lewis? Actually, you can look that up. Oh, that's. I actually think that's searchable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, a Google search. Someone says, and now BlackRock is rebuilding Ukraine. I don't really, really? know what that means. When did, they, when did they start doing that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's about it. That's about it. I, that's it. I had, to, I had to get in there and look around. Wow. This is what's that, happening. And it's the perfect segue to, to you, Matt. I didn't know what you were covering, but again, this conversation started with Vivek Ramaswamy and Elon Musk. Uh, so you have some information about Vivek's uh, funds. Can I say that yeah. was the best conspiracy ESG mashup segment we've ever done by far? Again, I, I, Maybe I didn't ever done anywhere. Yeah, I didn't make any of this up. This is all from that Elon Musk's Twitter. That's that's a little bit terrifying. Yeah, you didn't make terrifying. any of it up. So let's do some data. Let's find out yeah, what tell us, tell me what's going on. capitalism looks like. So here's Why what are you saying we, excellence capitalism? Because that's what Vivek said. So we called right. him anti-woke and we said anti-ESG. And he said to us, he doesn't think of himself as anti anything he's pro excellence yes the head of corporate governance at strive asset manager management justin danhoff says that strives five pillars of excellence capitalism guide our decisions as we vote yeah yep. so this is what i wanted to get you're into. not making you that already, up we're mm -hmm. not making any of that up that is right from their website if you're interested in what vivek and elon's back and forth about iss is for for Vivek, we know it's about excellence capitalism. So here's what we did. Um, we looked. Yeah. The, they they had to do some proxy voting at the end of the year. They sure. There were about um, 150 or so well, directors up for vote and a yeah. couple of shareholder proposals. It's not that they had to, Matt. I mean, they loved. They wanted to. They loved That's to. This the is the point. fun part for them. Yeah. So their ETF in mm -hmm. is, is structured. They have an S&P 500 ETF. They bought mm -hmm. the market and it's structured that they will vote with their conservative voices of pro-excellence. Mm -hmm. That's and, and that's the antidote to ISS and, and BlackRock and Glass-Lewis and all of that, right? So, the antidote is to introduce excellence into the equation. You already did a pre preview of this, mm -hmm. uh, some of the votes. You looked at how they voted versus male and female. Now, Vivek would say yeah. there, you've reduced this to, I think he would say, the heuristic of a binary gender um, rather than discussing the meritocracy. Okay? Yeah, right. What he would say is, it, what he would be hinting at is that the reason why they're voting against more women is because they don't represent excellence. That, that's because that it's a merit-based. He doesn't come right out and about. say it, but that's what he always goes to immediately. They are voting on a nearly two to one against women. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. When given the opportunity, something that we predicted before we even dove into this data, unfortunately, we unfortunately. inferred from that yeah. vote that women are less excellent than men. That's as a result. That's, that's, that's not an inference. I mean, that's that's like right there. That's right. I'm just going to say yeah. I inferred. You yeah. might have just taken it right out. But I wanted to do a real dive okay. into what pro excellence means. So here at Board Saber Metrics, yeah, unlike you know glass lewis and iss and strive who say a bunch of things but may not have any data or reasons for those well they things. don't reveal the data they have uh, you know strive does put together uh, a, a list of a voting guide but yeah. again it's all it, but the voting guide says we will vote against esg committees There's it's basically no, if you doesn't if say you, why 
it's basically if you support ESG, we'll vote against you, or if you're not excellent and you don't and you use too much cinnamon, we'll vote against you. There's 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 actually no there's no <laughs> real hard evidence. And again, there's they no lean footnote. they lean on the excellence pillar. They lean on this like idea uh, uh, that you know that things are either for or against shareholders, but they don't actually ever prove why things are, are good or bad for shareholders. There's never any proof of no, that. Never. Does, well, so this yeah. is what I wanted to do. Because here at Board Sabermetrics, we built a, a, I guess, are we anti-excellence? We're pro-excellence, aren't we? I think we're, I mean, who is (laughs) anti-excellence? I don't know, but I don't know how we're, I Why do you even have to say you're pro-excellence? That's like saying I'm pro-breathing. I mean, come on, what are we doing here? If Vivek is uncomfortable with the, the, the gender descriptors, do we have to be uncomfortable being pro or anti excellence? No, like, he's not going to steal excellence away from the glory right, of the so world. So we are also pro excellence here at Points yeah, Metrics. Yeah. But what we did was we used five years of data on over 200,000 directors and 8,900 companies across multiple performance indicators to say yeah. whether or not any individual director over all of their tenures at all the companies they sit on performed well, right. mediocre, or badly. And I want to highlight that. Unlike our friends at Strive Asset, I'm looking at you, Justin Danhoff, and you too, Vivek, we're not triggered emotionally by a debate because we're ESG people. We're actually not taking, we're, we, we have methodologies in place. We're looking at the data. We're not actually triggered. We're not feeling emotional about this. We're just, we're just, we're just I'm doing just, our I'm jobs. Just, I'm just telling you what the, the, okay. the data suggests. So the thing we built was a measure of influence for every director. And the thing we used it for was to say how those directors perform using empirical data like total shareholder return and return on assets. And we could do it with stuff like carbon and the number of women who work in a place. We could do it with all sorts of things. It doesn't matter because we're pro-excellence. We don't care what the data point is. We are just saying whether someone performed, their return was in the top quartile the middle two quartiles, the averagey, everybody else did that too, and or the bottom quartile against a peer director, a director mm-hmm. at a the similar firm in similar country. Very simple. It's not mm-hmm. that complicated. Here's what Strive did in their vote. You right. ready? Yeah. About 150 votes on directors, not directors. on proposals, directors. Of those votes, 43 of them were women, 107 or so were men. Um. We already covered the fact that nearly two to one votes against women. But here is, I looked at specifically TSR, total shareholder return, mm-hmm. and ROA, return right. on assets. Those sound those like f- excellent data points. Yeah, it doesn't feel excellent. Like if yeah. you are a capital free marketeer, <laughs> yeah. all about excellence, that is shareholder returns above all else. Yeah. So if you perform in the st- if you're a strong performer in that, you are in the top quartile right. of people returning sh- massive amounts of money to shareholders. And by the way, you. you're you're welcome, Strive Asset, because we're actually quantifying your, your excellence. We're not just yeah. sprinkling nutmeg around. Well, here's the problem, because mm-hmm. we're also quantifying their lack of data about what excellence okay, is. Okay, but that's, the, that's on them. <laughs> Which is yeah. a little bit of the problem, Yeah, because two-thirds, mm-hmm. 66%, of the directors they voted against yeah. were strong or average in TSR in the last five years. Okay, so basically uh, sitting in the excellent chair or, or, or excellent adjacent. 
that they voted against. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't even that many people they voted against. Out of the 150, about 19 or 20 of them they voted yeah. against. Okay, right. so we're not talking about huge amounts sure. of people. They, if you count abstentions as an against, which they pretty which much do, right? Yeah, which the the ESG analysts do. Yes. So then you're talking about 33 out of the 150. Okay. Okay. So that's that's a that's a lot, but it's 33 directions that, that they failed to support. They withheld support. They from. withheld support from mm-hmm. those people. Okay. Right. But two thirds of those people were actually good at being excellent. <laughs> That's the way I'm going to talk right, about it. But again, that. like I, I read their entire voting proxy guide. They don't have any way of, of quantifying what excellence means. On the other side of this, though, yes. okay, mm-hmm. they voted for 10% of the directors they voted for were weak at TSR, as Ooh. in they were as bad as it gets at Bottom returns feeders. to shareholders. That's they not were, good. They were, they were not great. In fact, yeah. There were only five directors out of the 150 that were weak at both ROA, return on assets, and TSR. They voted for all Hmm. five. They voted for all of them. Hmm. That is a vote for anti-excellence. We just discovered what anti-excellence looks like. And looking at their methodologies, the only reason why they vote for or against directors is if you you smell like ESG... If you if you if your initials are ESG, if you know if you're if you have a tattoo that says ESG, if you're ESG adjacent in any way, they'll vote against you, but they'll vote for everybody else even if you suck. That's what is that you're saying, Matt? That's what I'm saying. And yeah. and here, just in case you want to eliminate other variables, the average age of the votes for and against were almost exactly the same. Mm-hmm. The average tenure, they actually voted for slightly longer tenured uh directors well i don't think i don't think they'd believe in yeah i think they think that looking at tenure is not a mark of excellence well what i'm saying is it's not like they voted for or against some other factor that we can see in our data oh yeah yes true true we have a lot of data so we are can eliminate a lot of factors we can eliminate like carbon. We can eliminate like whether you're on a sustainability committee. We can l- eliminate whether or not you're friends with a guy named Bobby. We can't eliminate how you voted politically. So we can't say that they only chose Republicans to vote for or whatever. But we can eventually. We're just just a data set away from that. What we can't tell is why they voted against so much excellence and for so much anti-excellence. That's what I got. That's that yeah. that was that's all I have. I that's strive I have for you. I hope you're listening. Wait. Oh. Who did you that? You want to talk some more? That was Paul actually. Paul Paul just walked in and hit the Oh, Paul. Hit the theme music. <laughs> yeah, let's let Paul talk before we get out of here. All right, let's let Paul talk. Paul, where are you? Paul, have a seat. Relax. He can do it standing if he wants. No, no just sit down. Do you want some tea? I'll get you some tea. Here, just tell us what he you got. He comes with his own tea. Hey, Matt, Damien, how's oh. it going? It's good, Paul. Good. How are you? Well, honestly, I make a special effort to come into the studio, and you just sit there staring at me and don't say anything. Oh. I said, oh, how are you? I bother sometimes. Well, I guess I'll just give you the S-Gage statistic of the week. Fine. So a couple of weeks ago, I told you about um, stock ownership guidelines and retention requirements and the kinds of 
numbers of CEOs and other executives in the S&P 500 that would be covered by those. And they're pretty widespread. But I also said at the time that, you know, that's one thing being covered by a stock ownership guideline to make sure that you're vested in the company that you're supposed to be managing. But it really depends on what that stock ownership guideline is, whether it's got any teeth or not. So I asked the team at S-Gage to put together some statistics on that, right? Now, they put together mm -hmm. a variety of statistics, some on, you know, the kinds of stock that counts for ownership. Obviously, common stock ownership, that counts definitely. Unvested, restricted stock or even stock units also counts. That's the majority number there. And also retirement shares are pretty popularly included in that total amount of ownership for calculating what it is. But I also asked them to say, okay, what's the stock ownership levels, the guidelines as a multiple of base salary? Because that's typically how it's calculated. And the vast majority of CEOs, for example, 57% this is, so more than half, the multiple of base salary is six times base salary. Now, when you think that most CEOs receive enough stock every single year at a level of two or three times base salary, that's, and you're counting unvested restricted stock, that's two years, or maybe three at the most, it takes them to get to that level of ownership. Now, tenure for CEOs is going down, I know, but it's still around five, but you know, we're talking not a particularly onerous one. Now, 10x salary, 10 times salary as a stock ownership guideline would seem to me something like a bit of, you know, have some teeth in it, for example. But it's a pretty vanishingly small percentage of CEOs who are held to that high standard. It's only 5.6%, and only just over 1% more than 10x. So more than 10 times salary. So for named executive officers, it's again, more than half, 58.5%. The multiple of base salary is 3x. Well, again, most named executive officers are getting at least one and a half to two times salary every year in stock, in deferred stock units, restricted stock units, performance shares, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So again, it's not gonna take them very long to build up that ownership. There's a couple, there's 16% that has four times base salary ownership guideline. But again, they're not particularly onerous and not very toothy uh, as far as I'm concerned. So it's great that we have this widespread stock ownership uh, guidelines in the S&P 500. It's great that people have adopted that as a good thing to do so that people are vested in the company and they have to retain those shares and not just sell them all the time. But I think we need a little bit more teeth. So that's Paul Hodgson with the mm. S-Gage Statistic Thanks, of the Paul. Week. And I'm not going to bother coming into the studio anymore, guys. So oh, just, you know, I'll, I'll see you around. Okay, bye. Wow, I, I didn't realize actually we were going to spend that long talking about teeth. Thank you, S-Gage. <laughs> that was Paul Hodgson talking about teeth and having them. And Damien Rollis. And I'm Matt Muscardi. And this is Free Float. If you like this, I don't know why, but come back tomorrow don't like this then just buy board saber metrics because honestly Ooh. if you don't like the cartel of iss and glass lewis but you still need data to make decisions about your proxy votes there really is only us left that's it how about this make a make a promise that if you buy board saber metrics we won't make you download our podcast i don't know that we can make that promise no. That's all we got. Come back tomorrow. We will see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.